From the EPR Creation Studio, this is Jason Staples bringing you the Unconquered Podcast Hot Takes Edition after the first win of the Florida State season, 41-24 over FCS Jacksonville State. And to be totally honest, despite the, the start and despite how negative things looked early, my preview, I said 34-24 and gave Florida State 75-80% chance of winning. So this actually went better than I expected. I knew going in that that 18 would be the starter. And honestly, I was not, and that's Tate Rotomaker for those of you who are not uh, going by jerseys. I'm getting to my uh, Bowden age where I don't always remember names anymore the way that I used to. And it's easier to go by, by jerseys. But anyway, Rotomaker uh, was going to be the starter. And I knew that and was not especially optimistic about how ready he is going to be, or he was going to be coming into this game. As as I'd mentioned on the prior podcast, I just, you you got to know that it's just such a different game at the high school level versus the college level. And, and coach's son or not, uh, it's a lot of things move differently, move faster. The windows are smaller. A lot of things you just, it takes time to adjust to that sort of thing when uh when when you're coming in as a as a young guy and we we saw that we saw that on the first drive on the first throw of the game and you know that's a that's a play where you can criticize a sprint out pass going to a quarterback a right-handed quarterback's left off offside which is a tougher throw in general than going to the to the other side although as a as a guy with some experience making both throws and also having coached both throws a good bit, honestly, when you're thrown to the sideline going either way, sometimes throwing to the opposite side, so going left for a right-handed quarterback, right for a left-handed quarterback, sometimes that's actually an easier throw because it forces you to get your shoulders and hips around so that you can actually make drive that ball. Whereas a lot of times when you're running to your strong side, you try to throw that all arm and then that's going to sail a lot of times down and out. And so you're going to miss that that throw simply because it doesn't require you to throw with the kind of mechanics that you need. Well, on that one, Rotomaker didn't show good mechanics. He didn't get his hips and shoulders turned and then just kind of floated the ball out there and didn't appear, apparently didn't see the safety either. And that's how you got that pick six on drive one. Not, not ideal, not the way that you wanted to start that game. Uh, especially for a young young freshman. And the reason that you call that for Norvell is that you're giving him a one-read play. You either throw that that out, it's either there, or you throw it over his head at, out of bounds, end the drive with a kick, no problem. The last thing you're expecting is for, for that to happen. But again, that's the sort of thing that you just can't plan for, for, for things when you're playing true freshman. And the other thing is, you know, honestly... Rotomaker does not have an especially strong arm, and that limitation was visible on that first play, and it was visible a couple times in this game. Some of the physical limitations that he brings to the to the table were visible in this game. He's not able to run. He's not especially strong. He's just you're still talking about a guy that was a developmental guy coming in. You did not expect him to be a an immediate starter. You recruited him to to bring some some depth to that quarterback room and hopefully to grow into a quality quarterback in a couple of years. I mean, that's really what you're hoping for. The guy that had more of a chance to play early was Purdy because of the the physical characteristics, a stronger arm, definitely runs well, all of that stuff. That said, Rotomaker does bring a, a good cerebral approach to things, does 
have have the background as a as a former uh, as as a coach's son and and a former what three almost almost four year starter in high school. So a guy that's played a lot of football and and you kind of lean on that when when he comes in and and plays earlier than what you'd hoped. But ultimately played just over a quarter and went eight of twelve for fifty eight yards. That's four point eight three yards per attempt, which is uh, not good. Then the one pick six. And overall, in that first quarter, Florida State managed 1.77 yards per play. Uh, I don't care what defense you're going against. That's not good, and that's not acceptable. That's not good enough. And that included seven rushes for eight yards by the offense and eight passes for 33 yards. So that's, that's not getting it done in the first frame. But I do think that this game provided an, ex- an excellent example, a, a perfect case in point of what I was talking about this week in terms of how long is it going to take for Florida State to quote-unquote be back in terms of being competitive. And I said it's it's going to come as soon as they have a quarterback who can execute. And I think we saw what a difference the quarterback can make in this game. Just to change at that one position can make all the difference in the world. I mean, you think about 1.7 yards per play in the first quarter. They made a change to Jordan Travis and for the remainder of the, for the, for the second quarter, I haven't actually gone through and sorted out the, the, the last few plays of Rotomaker's drive that, that were the first part of the third quarter. But in the third quarter, they were 6.2 yards per play or second quarter. They were 6.2 yards per play. Third quarter, 9.4 yards per play. Fourth quarter, 6.8 yards per play. And the only thing that changed really was, was the guy taking snaps. And I just can't emphasize this enough. That is the most important position in team sports for a reason. Because if you don't have a guy that can get it done there, it doesn't really matter what else is going on around him on offense. And Jordan Travis coming in changed everything in this game. It was 14 to nothing, Jacksonville State, and it looked like Florida State was by far the worst team in this game. It looked like Florida State probably was just going to get blown out in this game. And then Travis came in and Florida State won 38 to 10 after he entered. So they go from 0 to, 0 to 14 to 38 to 10. And scored on five straight touchdown drives and not just short touchdown drives. Defense didn't do enough to, to give them short fields. So 73 yards, 75 yards, 63 yards, 78 yards, and 90 yards. That's, uh, that's getting it done. And the thing is, that, that doesn't mean that Jordan Travis is the answer long term. I mean, his limitations are evident. But the fact is that right now, his limitations are things that this offense can work with. And that's, by the way, why they started the game at Miami trying to go, go through Travis rather than through Blackman. And they really wanted to do more with the, the Travis packages than with the Blackman packages in that game. And then Travis went down. But they also gave up so many so many points early that it didn't really matter in that game. But basically with Travis, they went full spread option, which is a a part of Norvell's offense, just like it is in in Jimbo Fisher's offense. Just like with Fisher, if you've got a quarterback that is more limited in that in that in that sense, you can you can go with the with the package for what he what he can do. And you can kind of think of the Jordan Travis package as the EJ Manuel package back in 2009. I remember talking to Jimbo after the uh, after the Wake Forest game where Jimbo was saying, yeah, well, you know, what Urban does as his whole offense is a package in ours. And we've been doing it since, you know, Matt Mock and before. We've been doing it back with Damian Craig. 
So same thing with with Mike Norvell. That's not core in terms of his offense to run a bunch, run the quarterback a bunch. But if you've got a guy that can do that and has some other limitations, then they can do it. And we got to see the run game variety in Norvell's offense once they had a guy in there that could get them into the checks and that could run, be a run threat himself. And you got to see some counter, some uh, counter read, which is one of my favorite concepts. You got to see some uh, some some toss read, uh, some sweep read. You got to see some zone read. You got to see some a variety of spread option looks, a variety of of uh, different little clever things up front in terms of the offensive line to get some angles. A lot of different things in the run game that then allowed them to run the ball really dang well. I mean, all you have to do is take a look at their overall uh, rushing statistics, and I'm pulling those up right here. Overall rushing statistics on the day, and that's, again, remember, in the first first quarter, they had eight yards rushing. The remainder of the game, they had 200 and, uh, let's see, minus, 263, so minus eight. That's going to be, uh, what, 255 yards rushing over the over the final three quarters. That'll get it done. 5.0 yards per, per carry on the game. That'll get it done. And it's that's the that's been the identity in terms of Norvell's offense historically has been he finds ways to run the football. And I know that the first two games absolutely frustrated the daylights out of the staff because they couldn't run the ball. And Norvell's offense, they want to run the football. That's the thing, is it's a non it's a non-negotiable. They're going to try to find a way to run the football. They'll get creative to run the football. They'll put new guys behind center just to run the football. And we got to see some of that with with Young in there or with Jordan Travis in there. Now the 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 nice thing there is that he was able to throw the football reasonably well. I mean, again, you see the limitations there in terms of his arm. He, he, there are only certain throws that he can make, but he can he can do some of, he can make some of the throws that you need to have as constraints as additional threats when you've got a guy that can run, and that's what matters. So he went twelve of seventeen for two hundred and ten yards. That's twelve point two yards per attempt. That you can live with. One touchdown, no picks, along with the 11 carries for 48 rushing yards. There's your player of the game, and the reason is they don't win that game unless he comes in and changes everything at the quarterback position. I don't think James Blackman comes in and wins that game because basically what you saw from Rotomaker was a lot of the same stuff that you see from Blackman. Taking the snap, rat trapping a little bit where the, the you see the circles being run in the in the head as he's trying to think back there, and then all of a sudden gets the deer in the headlights look as the, as the rush starts to arrive. And then, Oh, sorry. I held the, held the ball for, you know, 3.2 seconds when I should have had that out in 2.4 and I didn't really see where I needed to go. And now it's a sack. You know, that's the, that's the sort of thing that you see. But the other thing that happens when you have a quarterback is, and, and, and the team starts to actually get behind, they start to realize that there's competence there. The effort and focus level changed around Jordan Travis. The wide receiver suddenly blocked. How many drops did we see in this game? Not many. All of a sudden, you got guys catching the football, blocking, and even the defense picked it up after that. They gave up seven in the first quarter and then only gave up 10 the remainder of the game. Now, that said, it was not much improvement because 5.6 yards per play in the first quarter, 6.7 in the second. Third quarter, they gave up 6.0. And fourth quarter, they gave up uh, 5.1. They finally finally got started getting something going in the, in the fourth quarter. That tells you something, though, in terms of defense. They didn't play well enough in this game. And yes, Zarek Cooper is a really good quarterback. Told you guys in that, in that pregame, that guy can play. 
he'd be the starter right now. I'm convinced he'd be the starter right now if the Elf had not chosen to go to Clemson. I think he'd be the starter in Clemson. So that guy can play. But again, the difference is all of a sudden when you're scoring, even if you're giving up some some yardage on defense, when you're scoring and when you're when you're making plays at, at the quarterback position, all of a sudden the defense they might finish finish a play here and there. Things change a little bit. Still need a lot more work on defense. I'm not going to spend much time on that, but uh, that's something I'll I'll talk about a little bit more later in the week. But I want to take a, a cl- little bit closer look at some of that stuff before I say a whole lot there. Now, there were some other factors in this game too. Lucas and Smith had sneaked out and missed curfew, so they uh, they were suspended for the first half. I don't think Lucas played in this game at all. This was his second strike, so uh, this, that's probably one of the reasons why he was he wound up not playing, at least not that I saw. I didn't see him play. And then Brady Scott was also out. So that wound up, we're talking about an offensive line that we've said all year. First five, been pretty good. But, you know, after that, not so good. They actually survived those losses. Robert Scott played admirably at right tackle. Love Taylor's the best right guard they've got on this team. So if you can get good play at right tackle and put Love Taylor at right guard, you're really good there. All of a sudden, that, that, that makes you much better. Unfortunately, and we were just talking about young guys getting hurt in the offensive line, Darius Washington with a lower leg injury, and it did not look good the way he got helped off. That 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 kills you. And then you, you got to put uh, Chaz in there. And he actually looked competent, looked, looked passable at that left tackle spot. But the problem is that you're dealing with the situation where you're playing it against an FCS team. You hope he can handle that, but you're... You're not expecting a ton in terms of uh, in terms of that position from him. It's just too early. I mean, again, he's still really raw, still learning that position. You don't you don't have the highest of hopes going into Notre Dame or uh, you know Clemson down the line with 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 that situation at left tackle. Now, again, the, the physical talent in a lot of respects is there with the length, uh, some of the foot quickness and all that. It's a little lumbering, but again has some of the physical traits to be able to compete there. But again, just really not quite where what, what you'd hope to have there. So you hope that Washington can, can get healthy, but it did not look good. And again, that kills for development for those young guys. Just kills. But overall, the offensive line was able to, able to play and able to compete and able to actually pound an FCS team the way that you'd hope they would. That, that's what you want an offensive line by and large, to look like against an FCS team. So they, they took care of business there. Good good for them. Now, it was a lot. they looked a lot better as soon as Jordan Travis got out there. Again, the quarterback makes the offensive line look so much better when a quarterback plays well. Toffili also helps them look a lot better just because of his natural vision. The, guy, the kid knows how to run the football. Some guys just have it, and he does in that regard. Physically, still has a long way to go. Has to add some weight. Needs to get more physical, but pretty good pretty good and you, you can you can live with a guy who's not maybe not the most f- physically talented back in the world but can really but has great vision and sets his blockers up and and has enough burst to really make that make that count you can you can really live with that that's that's pretty good you're just not going to get a ton of long plays from him you know more limited in that respect did still see some effort stuff that just drives me crazy if you go back and you 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 watch I think it was the last drive. You could see 55. That's Derek McClendon. 
he he's on the field and then all of a sudden he realizes, oh no, I need to be going to the sideline. I, I you know, they made a substitution. I didn't hear it until late. Now I got to get off. And you should see that guy all of a sudden in a 50 meter sprint, you know, basically running all the way into the bench to make sure that he gets off the field so that you don't get a penalty. And what do you see? You see him trotting off, just jogging off at regular, regular trotting off the field substitution pace while the ball's being snapped. I mean, he hadn't even passed the wide receiver and he's still trotting off the field. That stuff drives me crazy. That's loser blood, man. You can't have that. For me, that's, we, we watched that three or four times in film session on Monday. And then the whole team goes and runs 10 stadiums. That's how it worked for me. My wide receiver group, when I, when I coached wide receivers last, uh, last couple of years, I coached uh, that position. They knew that if, if there was one loaf, the whole group had to do up downs or bear crawls. So, and, and I would call loafs, I would, I would grade, grade the film. And if you were on the other side of the play and you came off the line, you know, kind of slowly or whatever, and didn't bust your butt to get, to get your hands on somebody or do make a block or run, run your guy off or do whatever your job was, you got a loaf. And that wasn't so good because that meant up downs. And the thing is, if it's up downs for everybody else, you really don't want that. So that's what I would do. You see that the whole defense needs to be run in stadiums because of that. That'll get fixed real quick. But I I think overall on the day, still a lot to a lot to be concerned about on the defensive side. I think the defense is still extremely disappointing to give up five point five point eight yards per play against an FCS team. Only one turnover, two sacks, one from Marvin Wilson, one from uh, from True Thompson. Just not enough havoc. That, that, that is a soft defense. It's a soft group of players, and there's a lot of loser blood there that they got to sort out. they got to figure out who wants to play. But overall, still a good step forward in terms of program to be able to at least show some proof of concept offensively and say, you know what? we got a competent offensive staff, and... We can put this film on and say, look, here's some of the stuff that we'll be able to do if you get here to some recruits, that sort of thing. But they got to get some defensive blood on. Uh, they got to get some figure out who wants to play on defense and they got to get some new blood on the field that, that can actually play on defense because that's not Florida State football on defense. One other thing, it's worth noting again, Travis has enough weaknesses that as teams begin to game plan specifically for Travis, that some of the stuff that they've been able to do with him is going to be diminished. Teams will take away the, the stuff over the top. They'll force him to execute in that intermediate area as a thrower, and they'll stack the line. And you can do that. You can do all of those things at once. And that's going to make things a lot harder for him. So to me, moving forward, it's still a countdown to when Purdy is actually, when Chubba Purdy is actually able to, able to roll and when he's actually ready to play. And those are two different things. He can be physically cleared and not quite ready. It's countdown until Purdy's ready because he's the guy that really needs to be the guy. Because he brings basically the, the the running ability, the explosiveness that Jordan Travis has, along with the ability to throw. He's the best the best overall arm talent on the team as well. So if you can get him out there and he can actually make good decisions and do some of those things, he can bring a lot of the things to the table that Travis does, while also being able to threaten threaten all three levels of the field with his arm. And that's something that they really desperately need. You can't push him out there too early, though. Again, you don't want to ruin somebody 
you ride Travis as far as he can take you until Purdy is ready. And once Purdy's ready, you continue to give Travis some reps in terms of uh, as a backup and also with some packages. But I think you start to move Travis around as a weapon. You keep him on the field because he's he's a guy that continues to make uh, continues to make some plays. And he, he's shown that he's he's going to make plays for you, so you continue to reward that. Even once he's no longer the quarterback, you get him out there and continue to reward, reward that and, and use his, uh, his ability to actually contribute and make plays and make that an example for the rest of the offense. You, you do your job, you make plays, we'll find a way to make sure we get the ball to you. All right, that's going to do it for us. I'm going to go ahead and wrap here. This has been the Unconquered Podcast, Hot Takes Edition. I'm your host, Jason Staples. Thanks for listening. The Unconquered Podcast is brought to you by EPR Creations, Louis Marquez of Keller Williams Realty in Jacksonville, Florida, Shenandoah Newsma of Keller Williams Realty in Chapel Hill, North Carolina, Garage Makeovers of Palm Beach and Broward County, and The Unconquered Podcast Shop, which features stickers, magnets, and other Seminole gear. If you've been enjoying this podcast, please leave a five-star rating over at Apple Podcasts, post us on social media, and tell a friend. Thanks also to those supporters over at Patreon, where I post video analysis and field questions for the podcast from supporters. Special thanks to those above the bleach numbers level. That is Keith Cheney, Casey Kidd, Chris Chartrand, Andrew Garrett, Brian Leninger, Travis Smith, Vince Calandra, and Bert Bertoldi. I made this. <laughs>